now and praise your name. And you'll open the scriptures to us and reveal yourself. Teach us things we never otherwise would know. We thank you're great and mighty. You do greater things than we could ever imagine. So we praise you for that. I pray you just anoint me with your spirit. And I could just speak words of the spirit. And every heart would be open to receive. And so we give thanks to you. And we just pray uh, you would use this message in a mighty way. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn this morning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 6 through 22. And if you have your Bible, turn because we're going to stay all morning in those verses and go through them. And so you have it up there. Uh, and just so you can follow along, because we'll, we're, we're camping out there. And I'm going to share. Do all of you, you, you know, you, you like to say sometimes, oh, Lord, speak to me. Lord, I'd just like to see you move. I'd like to see a miracle. And sometimes, and then sometimes they happen, and you think, oh, my God. You know, so they're happening all the time. But, you know, every once in a while, God speaks to you and say, oh, Lord, well, I just want to tell you. And, so, and this may, sometimes when something happens to you, it's hard to communicate it to someone else because it didn't happen to them you know anyway but I'm on this just happened to me so I want to communicate to you a miracle it just happened this morning <laughs> it just happened and I was doing this message uh, preparing this message first Thessalonians chapter 5 16 through 22 and it's just the absolute truth of God but when you look at the Lord I mean I'll just present you this truth of God and it is like inhuman abilities it's impossible it's absolute so i'll just communicate the word of god to you it's impossible you know and just say be warmed and feel and we go all go to lunch <laughs> and so i was thinking the, uh, this floor and i couldn't find a title for it and i ended up with our commune with god communion with god i started to say rejoice always because i already did a message on rejoice so i couldn't use the same title again <laughs> so it's commune I had one in the inner life, and I just couldn't get my hands around. And I get my point in a minute, and I said, Lord, how in the world can I commun communicate what you're saying? There's, there's a reality we live out. And Adam answered it this morning. I mean, his, his song totally explains these verses, totally explains them. You don't even, we could, we could go home right now. We could go home. He explained it. <laughs> and, what he and, and here's what it is. And it, if I have the words right, I'll build a boat on the sand where they say it never rains. So let it rain. That's his message. That's this. This is what this is. This is what it's an absolutely impossibility unless you trust God, believe God then it becomes a miracle in everyday life. Now, you all with me? Let me read this. So I'm going to read it. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about that. And build a boat on the sand where they say it never rains. So let it rain. Now listen to the verses. Rejoice. Now, by the way, there's no exceptions. These are absolute. Like, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. It's an absolute. These words are in absolute. Rejoice always. How many of you did I lose? <laughs> How many of you did I lose in your Christian walk? 
right? But Adam answered it in the song. I'll build a boat on the sand where they never say it rains. Because I rejoice. Let it rain. See? I rejoice. Let it rain. Don't complain about the boat in the sand <laughs> where it never rains. Rejoice. God, let it rain. You with me? Okay. We get better. I mean, we're, we're just starting. Rejoice always. Got that. Pray without ceasing. Hmm, okay. Give thanks in all circumstances. Build a boat in the sand where it never rains. Let it rain. Amen? Rejoice always. Now, these are commands. Y'all with me? Well, there. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. If that isn't a boat in the sand where it never rains, I don't know what it is. It's like Noah sitting in the ark on the sand, thankful of animals and not a drop of water. That's what this is. No way you do it. I give thanks. Let it rain. See, it puts something way beyond us. This kind of takes our faith to a depth that's almost incomprehensible. You know, I think it makes legalism look easy. Just be good. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Okay, I'll work it. You look at this like, there ain't no way. No, give me legalism. This walk with the Lord is really, really more than I can comprehend. Right? Amazing. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God, why me? He says, because it's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's why you we having fun yet. We're in Adam's boat. It's his psalm. He but it's, it's like, Adam's saying that, I'm, I'm over here going, oh my God. That explains everything. That explains everything. It is so powerful, and I can't, why does Adam, play? I've never heard that song before in my life. Why did Adam play it this morning? Why? I personally think it's because God says, you don't have a clue what you're doing. I'll help you out. You know, because you don't know. I can't get through to you, so I'll give you something this morning. See, so it's just for me, Adam. Anyway, the Lord says, we're trying to work with Wallace here. Okay, let's love reading it again. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you in me. Then it says, do not quench the Spirit. Now notice where quench the Spirit comes. This is halfway through the verse. I mean, you should start off with that. No, he didn't start off with that because God doesn't start off with that. He doesn't start off with quench the Spirit. What does he start off with? Rejoice always. So if you don't rejoice always, what do you do? Quench the Spirit. Oh, I want to hear Jesus. I want the Holy Spirit to follow me. I want prophetic words. I want all, dear God, follow me. He goes, 
rejoice about something. I might give you something. Right? I mean, see how this is flowing? You see my consternation this morning when I was going to come and share all this with you. You know. I said, some of these people just might take their car and drive off a bridge if they hear this message. <laughs> it's like, no. So here we go. It flows. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from, abstain from every form of evil. And all this stuff falls after rejoice always. Oh, and be filled with the Spirit. I wish all this nonsense would change. And these people are driving me crazy. God, fill me. Get me, you know. Oh, dear God. I just want to be a prophet. I want to hear your words and give a prophetic word. Dear God. And I wish all this stuff would line up and so I could have a better opportunity to hear from God and give a prophetic word, you know. No, I can't. I can't give you any of that. I can't give you any of that. I can't. God says, I can't do any of that until you rejoice always. Is that all? <laughs> Is that all? That's where it starts. Now, I had this for the closing, but since Adam messed up the whole message, this is what the closing says. And Paul writes this also. Thessalonians is an early book. Philippians is an old book, old, older, but later book. And it says in Philippians, you don't have to flip the slide there. In Philippians 4, 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again. Rejoice. See? I mean, it really, when you look at these things, it really simplifies theology. <laughs> it really does simplify theology. And what's it? Rejoice. But how, my gosh, how can I rejoice? Well, the only way to rejoice if you have a faith in someone who is greater than you, that loves you and cares for you and is directing you. And then you can say, I built a boat on the sand where it never rains. Rejoice, let it rain. That's it. Thank you, Adam. That's, that's it. You can't do it without God. Noah built the ark. Put the animals in. Well, he didn't really put them in. Actually, God brought But he built the ark. Have the animals in it. And it's like, now what? Let it rain. That's what this verse is. Let it rain. Your life, <laughs> our life before the Lord, is a building of a boat on the sand where it never rains. And then we tell God, let it rain. So in your circumstances where you are right now are the most terrible circumstances you can think. I mean, I can think of a couple of circumstances. It's just, Lord, why? And I've done, why? why? Lord, I don't understand. Now, you understand when I say that, I am not rejoicing at all. Now, I'm not necessarily mad at God, but I'm not necessarily happy either, you know. But you say, okay, God, this is impossible situation. 
this is a boat on the sand where it never rains. God, let it rain. There's a Christian walk right there. There's a Christian walk. We think the Christian walk is built in the boat. It's not. Saying, let it rain. See, because we're in a boat on the sand where nobody says it'll rain. And that's what everyone else will tell you. It's not going to rain. And look what you've done. And we go, Lord, let it rain. That's these verses. That is the total explanation. In fact, in your Bible, I encourage you to write that down in these verses, and you'll be able to explain it to anyone, and you'll be able to attempt to move forward to walk in them when you understand. But what it, so, so when you hear a song like that, or, see, you can't, I'm, it's like I'm really, the words are coming so fast, I can't hardly talk. It's like, oh, my God, you know. Praise God for Adam listening to the Lord saying, oh my gosh, you get a total revelation here of what this means. Total revelation of what this means. My terrible situation, which I can explain, whichever ones I want to pick, it's a boat on the sand where they say it'll never rain. I said, Lord, let it rain. Because this is the will of God concerning you. What an accident. It's the will of God concerning you. And the will of God concerning you comes twofold. Twofold. The will of God is for you to give thanks. And the situation is the will of God so people can see him work and you can see him work. Okay? Amen? But see, our whole view of our walk with God, if we look at something like that, changes. All right, so with that mindset, let's just kind of move on through this. And and I will look at these each one of these, and and again these are these are absolutes. And we need to rejoice always. Rejoice. What is that? What is that? You're in a boat on the sand where there is no water, and you say, "Let it rain." That's the whole thing. That's the whole, and this is what God's telling you. This is what God said. Okay, so here we are. We look at this first one, and it says rejoice always. And you, I mean, this means be joyful always. And all God's people say, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you got, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, Lord, see? And so... However, we have to back up. We all have a whole lot to be joyful for. And we've got to look at this, you know, the big picture that God is working. And we certainly can be joyful for it. Like, we've been chosen by God. That's what it said in the first part. We're chosen by God. I mean, we should be rejoiceful, joyful for that. Our sins are forgiven through Christ. We should be joyful for that. We have a home in heaven. We should be joyful for that. I mean, we've got a base to start from. You know, like we're all joyful about the stuff in heaven and the promises, but not too happy this situation here where everybody's messing up everything. So we can have a lot of faith when it's in the heavens where we can't quite touch it. But where we can touch it here on earth, there's not much faith. Okay? Now, so... 
with this rejoicing, okay, we're going to re- we all agree that we rejoice because we're chosen. We are forgiven. We have a home in heaven. Therefore, because we have this, re- this relationship, we will next, what? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So it's what? Why? <laughs> we're rejoicing because of what God done, has done. And we have this relationship, so we just pray without ceasing. Amen? I always, uh, as I have gotten older, I've become kind of a people watcher. You know, you just watch people, and they tell you a lot. Linda's always been a people watcher. Watcher, You know, me, I didn't know what she's looking at. But anyway, <laughs> but as I've gotten older, I'm, but you watch people, and it's funny you know they just their characteristics and stuff of god's creation but if if um, same when you were dating or something and you just you know you're going to get married you go out to dinner and you're just talking and talking and talking just interactions eye contact you know going back forth why because you're really interested in the person and who they are, and you learn about them, and it's all new. And so you communicate because of the relationship. Well, that's what that means. We're all excited about God, and we just communicate, just communicate because of the relationship, and he's chosen us for forgiveness, and we just want to talk to him. And that's what it's saying here. Pray without ceasing. See? If we're excited, we pray without ceasing. And I have to tell you, I see a couple come in, sit down there, order and they both sit and look at their iPhone and I go nah they've been married 20 years <laughs> okay guys next time you go out for dinner you in for it you know pay attention but you've been married a long time and you can tell couples go and be married long they don't talk eat I've watched couples eat a whole meal never share so I know they're married I know they're married I'll go up I know you're married. But he didn't say a word to her, nor her to you. See? See what I'm saying? But if we're excited about them, we're talking. We're excited about Jesus. We're talking, rejoicing always, praying continually. Relationship. You see that? Now, uh, so with praying, we're also doing something. We're boldly going before the throne. Prayer acknowledges complete dependence on God, all right? And it also shows us an, an, an utter dependability, the utter dependability of God. We understand that God's dependable. So we can. So the prayer is a dependence, and we know God is dependable, dependable in all circumstances. Amen? So this is communication. We're excited about this. This implies a constant attitude of prayer. Now listen to this, all right? Prayer is the only way to cultivate a joyful attitude. A couple that's interacting, young couple, joyful attitude comes from the communication. 20 years later, just want to meet, go home, you know, don't even want dessert. <laughs> you know, see, there's no communication, and therefore, there's no joy and nothing afterwards. 
to keep it going, you have to continue to communicate. Makes sense? Yeah. So, pray, rejoice always. To cultivate rejoicing is to continue to pray. No joy in our life means that there's very little prayer in our life. That hurts, doesn't it? That hurts. I'm just not happy. You're like spending no time with Jesus. You know, don't tell him right then. Just kind of wait a while. But that's what's happening. They're not happy now. It's because they're spending no time with Jesus. If you spend time with Jesus, you're rejoicing. Amen? Again. So here we are. We, we look at this. So we see we must lift our heart to God in the name of Jesus in every circumstance. And I've said this before. you got a big meeting you don't want to go to. Say, dear God, we'll just pray you into the meeting. So as you go into the meeting, you're meeting with God and you're excited stuff's going to happen. You pray God into the meeting. You pray God into the situation. And also, you know, you got this boat on the sand where it never rains. So we pray God into the meeting. Rain God. And we watch. See? We start out, thank God for the meeting. That's going to be terrible. I have this opportunity to pray. And we'll pray God into the meeting. So the whole mindset is changing there. And so joyfully going before the throne of God who chose us and loves us, therefore, because of that, we give thanks in all circumstances. See how this flowed out? You're having a terrible meeting. Oh, God, you're moving so the rejoicing, thank you for the meeting, you're praying to God. I pray you into the meeting, and I give thanks for the circumstances, because we're going to see you in that meeting. We're going to see you in that meeting. No matter what happens, we're going to see you in that meeting. Before the throne of God, we should give thanks in all circumstances. Now, we don't, we don't have to thank God for the circumstances, but we thank God because he is present in all circumstances. I mean, how would you like to go to a stinking meeting with Jesus? I mean, all of a sudden it'd been, whoa. <laughs> we'll see what happens here. See, but that's the mindset. See, the mindset change. I'm going to this with Jesus. You say anything against me, and the Bible tells you, you're saying it against God. You nasty to me. You said, oh, not going to look good for you. Now, you may not say that out loud, but you know that. Processing through this world. And this is what, and I'll remind you again, First Thessalonians is talking to pagans that had no concept of Christianity. And so he's given them the basics to start from. This is where you start. This is where you start. Now, so as we see this, it says that, you know, we give thanks in all circumstances because God is present. Now, I feel it's good to read to you Romans 8.28 because it falls. I mean, the Bible is terribly consistent. And you find things like this, and he just repeats himself, you know, hoping we'll get it sometime. But look at Romans 8.28. 
and are going into this terrible meeting. Everything's going wrong. You can't believe how bad it is. And so we pray God into the meeting, and we're giving thanks for all circumstances. Romans 8, 28. And we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. See, it's kind of we and God kind of trump everything. We and God kind of move mountains. Now, don't ever get the idea that you move mountains, you know, because if you get in front of God, it's really painful. But to step behind God, it's really glorious and exciting to see what happens. Well, this meeting blows up. And I said, oh, man, God, you did a number on them. Or this meeting goes perfectly. Wow, God, that's amazing how that went. You see the connection, the relation. And we're not carrying the anxiety, bad or good. We don't take credit or fear the destruction. <laughs> and we don't credit, or we, we, we don't take credit ourselves when things work out right. Because we prayed God in the meeting go ahead of us. See, we're just falling behind God and doing what he says. And that's what these verses says. Now, to be able to give thanks in all circumstances presupposes a recognition of God's sovereignty that in all these circumstances, God is working for the good of those who love him. I'm in this meeting because God hates me. <laughs> no, you're not. You're in this meeting because he loves you and you're supposed to be and he'll take care of you. Now, I hope you're applying this to all sorts of things except just going to a meeting. Now, the failure, okay, I just got to say it, the failure to give thanks is a mark of human sinfulness. See? It is evidence of not trusting God. But you, if you're like me, no, Lord, I have a reason to not be excited about this. I have a reason not to be joyful. And God's going, built a boat on the sand where nobody said it would rain. Let's just say, let it rain. Instead of complaining about where you built the boat and about the sand and everybody telling you you were wrong. Just look to me and say, let it rain. See, so God, hey, you're sinful. So you come to me and say, let it rain and be excited about what happens. And no matter what happens, you'll see me. So therefore, we must give thanks in all circumstances because, next thing, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now that's a tough one for me. Because I'm in a lot of circumstances that it's not my fault, <laughs> you know. Or I'm in a lot of circumstances and no way, God, you want me in this. This is not your will for me. You know, in no way. It's your will for me? Do you realize what was just said here? Do you realize what was just said here? This terrible thing happened. Satan overwhelmed me. Satan brought this. Satan entered the meeting. Satan threw this to my face. Satan did this. And God goes, no, not really. It was my will for you. Won't like what you just did, God. I'd much rather curse Satan than give thanks to you for this mess. God just said, <laughs> God just said, 
These circumstances are my will for you. Read that. Because some of you think he didn't say that. Read it. He just said it. He just said it. It was my will for you. Have you been in a situation, God is not here. Now, not only he, is he there, this is the will for you there. But I don't like it here. Here. Well, I can't work through you if you don't cooperate with me since this is the will for you. So we got to recognize, okay, God, this is your will for me. I give thanks to you because this is your will for me in this terrible, rotten, stinking situation. This is your will for me and this boat on the sand where it won't rain. God, send rain. See, but before God can send rain, you have to be in a boat in the sand where they say it doesn't rain. See, I want on the high seas, you know, like I want a cruise with a light sprinkle and be under a canopy. Now, that's my view of the Christian walk right there. And I would rejoice. I would rejoice. So here we are. So we, we recognize. So here we are. We're rejoicing, praying, giving thanks because this is the will of God concerning us. This situation that we hate. We're rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks because, is, because God is doing a great work in us, around us, and through us. You know, I'm tempted to pray God would show give somebody else an opportunity to be in this situation. You know, I mean, why is he picking on me? I mean, pick. But think about that. This is a terrible situation. God's doing a great work in us, around us, and through us. And to do that, we have to be in a boat on the sand where they say it won't rain. And there we go, rain. See, that's the opportunity to work. The opportunity for God to work is for us to be in the boat, in the sand, where they say it doesn't rain. Now there's an opportunity, rain. Rain. And his rain may look different to different people. His rain look different to different people. Some of us just flood up and the boat just chugs off. Or some of it, it's like, man, it rain in some hailstorms, you know. We're diving under the deck. It's like, what are you doing? You know, God, I, want, I want to work a little deeper trust in you. Not today. Lord, I'm okay. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. You're okay. And you, God, rain. God reign. Now, so here you have the whole thing. It's working together. But God is doing a great work. That's, that's the thing we're missing out on, too. And here's something that helps us understand. Again, I believe you pray God. He gives you requests and does miracles and like that. But also, you have a lot of people, kind of a health and wealth people. You're always healthy. You're always wealthy. You know, everything works out. You know, you never go through a hard time. 
And what that means is that you never grow. You never grow. And so these people that talk this way never grow. But if he wants you to grow, and I just read this this morning, he said, I refined you through the furnace of affliction. That means no money, no health, and everything's falling apart. You see? So you have to go. Yeah, say, hallelujah. Yeah, we go. So some of us are going to do a happy dance. We're growing. (laughs) Now, so here you have the whole view of this. Now, we often don't see all the things God is doing, but in those situations, we must be faithful and thankful. Faithful and thankful. I am. So thankful that God gave me every material need. I am so thankful I am healthy. I am so thankful it's pretty outside. You know, you have to be faithful and thankful when you're not healthy, when you don't have any money, and there's nothing going on inside. And the reality of whether you're faithful will be at that time. That's when you know. That's when you know. That's when you know anybody else, but that's when you know about yourself. That's what you know about yourself. God is saying, you've got to stand with me in this. Because it's on me, not around me. If your focus is on something else or someone else for your joy, you have zero walk with the Lord. I said it. I said it. You've got to rejoice always when things aren't going right. See? Give thanks in all circumstances, which some of us interpret. We give thanks when everything goes right for us and everyone's nice to us. <laughs> Not true. That's, and the Lord tells us that. Now, so we know God is at work. So this is, we know God is at work. I'm so happy with Adam. I'm sorry, you don't know I could give you a kiss, Adam, but it's just like me. That was sitting there, I about jumped. You know, over the chair. It's amazing to pull all this together. Now, we know that God is at work, you know, is at work, and we trust that Jesus will empower, strengthen, and guide. We believe that empower, strength. That's truth. Empower, strengthen, and guide. And he empowers and strengthens and guides us through the Scripture thing and other people. But he, through whom does he strengthen us and guide us? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. See, he'll speak through the Holy Spirit. All right? God's presence, God in the man. Therefore, the next thing it says is this. Therefore, we do not quench the Spirit. Now, that should be frightening, one thing. To think, first of all, that we have the ability to quench the Spirit. It's like... God Almighty who created the universe. We can go, squinch it. And who does it is we. Now, I want you to look at something. Well, first, let me tell you about this. Do not quench the spirit. It literally means do not extinguish the spirit. Now, can you even comprehend that? But we can, and we do. And he says, do not extinguish the spirit. Do not put out the spirit's fire. Rejoicing, rejoicing, we keep 
our inner life hot. I'm all filled with the Spirit. <laughs> Go back to point one. Rejoice. Rejoice. Some of us, unjoyful people, are quenching the Spirit. We're prohibiting God to do anything because we will not rejoice. But we say, I say, but God, you don't understand the situation I'm in. My prayer for Linda for years, God changed that woman. <laughs> he didn't answer that prayer, and he gave me absolutely zero power. See? So what an issue. And that's the thing I found out about all my situations. I'm the issue. I'm the issue. And then God goes, well, would you build this boat on the sand where it never rains? And while you're there, say, let it rain, God. See? That's what all this is saying. That's what all this is saying. If anyone, and when I talk about it, listen, I've told you about, I complain. In fact, I was reading, it was in R.T. Kendall, and he's talking about people complaining. It made it sound like they just totally aren't saved. So I'm totally convinced. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know. So I know I'm saved, so I'm going to rejoice just to prove it. <laughs> so what you have here, but what's so interesting, we have to realize as long as we make those situations outside of us the reason for our unhappiness, we don't have a walk with the Lord. We will never see his power. Because it's not the outside situation, it's us. Because in the circumstance you're in, is where he wanted you to be. And it's the situation that he wants to work with you to trust on him. He wants that you to realize that that circumstance is your boat on the sand where it doesn't rain, and you let it rain. And then he lifts the boat up and moves you on with power where you need to be. Adam, won't you loving this? <laughs> loving it. You see what I'm saying? Now, we won't. This is all about us. This is all about us standing before the Lord. And He's just what I'm doing with you. This is what I'm doing with you. <laughs> now, here's a. And, and when, I, when I look at this, so I want you to look at this quenching the Spirit. Now, how do we get to. Do not quench the spirit. Now, I'm just going to pause and say, well, what does it mean? How do I quench the spirit? Okay. Well, look at this. It starts with rejoice. It starts with joy. You don't rejoice. You, the young man's back there is not rejoicing. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you don't rejoice, if you don't rejoice, you quench the spirit. So, to quench the spirit, you don't pray, you quench the spirit. You don't give thanks in every situation, you quench the spirit. And then we stay here, God, fill me and give me power. But we've done all these things to quench the spirit, starting with rejoicing. To have the power of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you have to rejoice. By the way, I'm as convicted as you are. I mean, it's just like... 
I had to go through a whole list of my complaints and just rejoice in all of them, you know. And I know some of them were just the words, but at least it was a start, you know. It's okay. I want my heart to follow up the power of the Holy Spirit. It was a recognition that I want to walk in the... If I don't want to walk in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit, I have to rejoice in God. I have to say, I'm on a boat built in the sand. They say it never rains. Say, rain, Lord. Rejoice. See, that's the reason you're in a boat in the sand where they say it never rains. That's the reason you're there because it's God's will concerning you. It's his will. Satan did it. No, Satan's going, man, God's really taking care of them. I'll just wait until they just bail. They're not going to take this. These people are going to get off the boat. He just wait. He knows what he knows what God's doing. He's refining, you know. But he knows there's a lot of people that will bail. See. Now, also, I mean, it's kind of frightening about quenching the spirit. And in Second Timothy one six, Paul says this. Now, the reason I'm telling you this, Paul says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into a flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. When we seek the things of God, we fan into flame the Spirit. Rejoicing, we keep the inner life hot. Rejoicing, we keep the inner life hot. Now, and to keep the inner life hot, we rejoice, we pray, we give thanks in all circumstances and recognize this is the will of God and He's our teacher. But there's also a place that touches on this and it helps us because we're all into not quenching the spirit, right? So we don't want to do something to do that. Ephesians 4.30 reveals some more attitudes about quenching the spirit. So I just want to add on. This is an add-on to the things you can quench the spirit. Not rejoicing, you quench the spirit. All right. Well, here's some more. Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't that amazing how much power we have over the holy spirit to grieve and quench like it's like god said look what i'm going to work for you said, no you're not watch this that's what we're doing and it says this is what we're doing so and do not grieve the holy spirit by whom you were sealed in the day of redemption he's not going anywhere he's just quench can't do anything and here's the things that we do to quench the spirit grieve the spirit let all Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Now listen to this. This quenches the spirit. Bitterness. How many bitter people you know? Wrath. Oh, get back at them. Anger. Clamor. That word clamor is for something. It's like you're having a meeting and somebody's yelling in the meeting and won't let you speak. That's clamor. Shut up. But don't you know. Clamor quenches the spirit. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, slander, and malice grieves the Holy Spirit and puts out the fire. Oh, I'm terrible. That No, it just puts out the fire. That should scare us to death. I don't want to put out the fire. Therefore, I don't want to be bitter. Therefore, I'm going to try to learn how to rejoice. How to rejoice. If our inner life is contaminated by these attitudes fulfillment of God's will in outward matters is impossible
impossible. How many of you pray, change this, change this, do that. I'm not happy because of this. Change this. Those attitudes make it impossible for God to work through that situation. It's not the other person, it's you. It's you. Remember my prayer. God, change that woman. Change that woman. Now, I'm, you think I'm joking. I am not joking. That's like my only prayer. <laughs> I didn't even pray for my meal. But I said, change that woman, God. See? And then he revealed that it was in me he was doing a work. In me he was doing a work. And then found out it wasn't her problem at all. It was all my problem. <laughs> it was like, okay, you know. Now, for the believer, the evidence, you know, I write this down. Again, Adam, thank you. Okay, so I can read this with a little more ease. A little more ease. For the believer, the evidence of the quenching of the Spirit. You want to know what the evidence of the quenching of the Spirit? No power. No power. You can't get out of your bad mood. You can't get things done. You don't feel encouraged. You don't feel like God's moving within you. You know, that's evidence. You're quenching the spirit. No power. So the relation, dear God, see, this is, you're in a boat, in the desert, where you say it's not going to rain, and you complain about it. You bellyache about it. And then God says, there'll be no rain. There'll be no. But this stupid boat you gave me, <laughs> this stupid location you put me, and everybody else knows it won't work. God! It's impossible for God to do anything through in you or around you. See, thank you, Adam. See, I was having a terrible time understanding any of this until Adam's revelation this morning. Okay? So, however, however, with... Now, this is interesting when I look at We are with the Holy Spirit of the fire burning full flame. Okay, the Holy Spirit, assuming the Holy Spirit of... The, the fire of the Holy Spirit burning full flame. Then it says this, and this struck me a little interesting. It says, do not despise prophecies. I thought, well, that's interesting. I mean, we go to, you know, you go to a service and some of these different church services, and prophecies are like here, bingo, you know, right here. Uh, I remember, uh, well, I mentioned Leon Price was a prophet who he had a prophetic gift and spoke to us. And, and I was talking to him how to grow in the prophetic. <laughs> and and you know, he'll tell you something. It's like, I'll never be a prophesy to anybody in my life. Because what he said, he said, you, you can never prophesy to someone unless you love them. I was thinking, I really don't like some of the people I'm prophesying to. You know, like, come down, Jesus. No, I like that. <laughs> I mean... He, the, here was a guy that was incredible, and we have witnessed him, and it personally, it's just it was amazing. And he goes, you can't prophesy unless you love 
them. This is kind of, it's kind of like rejoice always, by the way, while you're doing it. While you're loving them, rejoice always. You know. And I just decided I don't have the prophetic gift <laughs> just because I'm not doing either one of them. You know. Now I'm being a little facetious, hopefully. But it's like, oh, my God. Re- you know how hard it is to preach up here and watch my wife's face. <laughs> Everyone give me a thumbs up, throat, throat. Yep. Okay, anyway. Oh, Lord. I'm still praying for that woman. <laughs> anyway. So, but, anyway, but it says here that God's going to speak to his people. There'll be prophetic words that he uses that within the church for the church to grow. And, and what I did, well, there's a book. Leon Price actually wrote a book. I don't think it's even published on the prophetic. It's the speak to these bones, you know. And I brought about 10 copies. I put them on the back table. But if you'd like to learn something about the prophetic or what he said, who I'm just amazed by the man he's going to be with the Lord, pick up one of those books in the back. So I'm not going to say much more about the prophetic. But you can see it comes down where God's speaking through his people. Therefore, it comes like way, 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 way down the list with rejoicing, don't quench the spirit. Now don't despise prophecy. Don't despise it. Be sure and pick up one of those books of Leon on the back table. So, New Testament prophecies are not to be, and this is important, here's the flow, and he includes it in this flow, and the Lord does it for a reason. He says here, New Testament prophecies are not to be despised, but they are to be evaluated. They are to be. Oh, the Lord told me to have a word for you. Maybe. Maybe not. (laughs) I'll listen. But my spirit will discern that this is for me. And it says here in this same section of verses, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every, every form of evil. Evaluate. Test everything. Church, test everything. I'm rejoicing always. But I'm testing everything. I'm testing everything. Now, we rejoice because we understand that God is at work in us, around us, and through us. Do you understand that? Do you understand? We rejoice because God is at work in us, around us, and through us. If we say, I can't rejoice because of her, then God can't work in you. I can't rejoice because of him, then God can't work in you. I can't rejoice because of my job, then God can't work in you. Quench the spirit, quench the spirit, quench the spirit. Make an avenue by rejoice, make an avenue by rejoice, make an avenue by rejoice. Because this other quenches the spirit. And by rejoicing, you open up to the fullness of the spirit and receiving fullness of the prophetic. Don't despise the prophetic and be filled with the spirit. Testing everything. I'm going to close with this. Isaiah 48:17, And this ties it all together when God works. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. What is God doing? We rejoice. Why? 
Because he is the Lord God and he's teaching us. He's te- Amen? That's why we rejoice. Here's the Lord God. He's teaching us. And you know what he's teaching us? What is best. Listen to this. Best. Satan will give us something good to keep us away from God's best. Amen? Amen? But God teaches us the best. This is so hard, God. I won't out of it. And Satan will give us something good. Relieve the pressure. And we miss God's best. But if we stay under God, rejoicing with our eyes on him, in our boat, in the desert, where they say it won't rain, and we just say, God, Rain. My heart is pure before you. I am rejoicing. I know you're doing a good work. I'm giving thanks in the circumstance of my eyes on you because I know you're going to do something that no one else can imagine. No one else can imagine. And God says, I'll give you my best. i give you my best. And all God's people said, amen. And here is my closing verse I said before. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again. I say, rejoice. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your goodness and that you're telling us deep things so we can grow and see you work in a supernatural way. And you're teaching us great things so that we don't latch on to Satan's good and miss your best. Oh, Lord, we thankful to you that though we're in a boat in the sand, where they say it will not rain. We're thankful. All we have to do is rejoice and say, let it rain. Let it rain. We give thanks to you, dear God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen.